I'm just singing on the record. Yeah. This is what I sound like on the song. And then you got the other people that are like, Whoa! Yeah. It's, it's like a big difference, man. It like, is a don't... huge difference, man. <laughs> like, it's totally different. Like it, they evoke different feelings whenever your singing is more subdued and, and quiet and almost like sultry sometimes versus like you're like singing your absolute heart out you're pouring your your emotions and your soul into this song it's just you feel that when they do it it's just mm. i don't know how exactly. to put it man but that's it mm. <laughs> 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 that's all it is <laughs> you go get this song. <laughs> you go get these vocals. It's <laughs> the best way I know how to put it. Oh, that's awesome. Welcome to After Listen, the music discovery and discussion podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Lee. And I'm Terry Yo. And for today's topic, we're taking a little journey into the central land of R&B music, baby. Oh, yeah. So, here on After Listen, we love music and we love talking about it. But before we get into it, we always have our... our... Let's rewind that back. Here on After Listen, we love everything about music and we love talking about it. But we do have some obligatory disclaimers. First things first. We respect everybody's opinion, regardless of how wrong or terrible it may be. Number two, we're just talking about the music. If an artist gets canceled before, after, or during a discussion, that doesn't mean we're advocating for whatever they did or did not do, or whatever they got canceled for. We strictly talk about the music. Number three, for this episode, this is just an overview of the genre, so sorry if you gloss over you know, some pivotal R&B artists or songs. There is no way in hell that we can cover 70-something years of R&B music in an hour podcast. Nope. I can't do it. I won't do it. It, it nope. can't be done. <laughs> uh, so, and also, if number four, for the record, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about 90s and 2000s R&B music because that's the golden era of contemporary R&B music. Changed my mind. Name yeah. not happen. I mean, so, I don't know if it's specifically labeled as that, like at the, in the larger community, but we're, we're definitely staking our claim that that's the case today, I think. Absolutely. That's that's the era we're going to spend a lot of time in. But we're going to talk about, you know, 70s all the way through the 2020s. Yep. So and lastly, of course, you can always check the show notes for song links and ways to support the different artists featured in the, today's episode. And let's get into the show. Absolutely. Let's get into it. So right out the gate, my question to you, Brandon, what is R&B music? Or how would you hmm. define it? So this was the question that was like playing through my head, like kept asking myself over and over again, whenever I was first listening to the playlists, like what, what exactly is R&B music? Cause like I had this kind of nebulous idea of like, Oh, that's the sexy horny music. That is kind of the cousin to hip hop. Right. That was like the deepest I'd probably thought about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, but through listening to all these songs you compiled for me for this episode and, and thinking about, again, that question, it was something I was asking myself repeatedly throughout this experience. Uh, I, the definition I kind of landed on is, is 
first of all, R&B is very, it's a broad genre, right? Like it's, it's hard to put it in like a specific box. First of mm-hmm. all, let me just get that out of the way. Um, so I'm going to attempt to kind of do that, but just know it doesn't really neatly fit in any one box. But the way I look at, at R&B is it's kind of, especially 100%, it's like most you know, modern day current form. It's really a bridge, right? Between pop music, hip hop music, and blues which kind of took me a while to like really pick up on the blues influence mm-hmm. um i'll talk about like what song specifically kind of like made that light bulb moment go off of me a little bit later on but so yeah that's kind of what i've what i've landed on of course you know some things that are more specific to it is you got to have someone who can sing it's very Facts. it's very vocal like not just talking to a rhythm like hip-hop or you know something like it's it's people you, you got to be singing busting belting some notes absolutely be a good r&b song yep that's kind of a requirement a, a pre-requisite you gotta yeah. be able to hold a note successfully yeah. now of course <laughs> and and especially like once you get a few decades into the r&b genre uh you can you can have full-blown verses with straight up hip-hop but it can't be an r&b song without like someone singing right and of course the like Every every time we have an episode, I'm constantly faced with just my lack of musical knowledge. But I don't, would you would it be like the like background, like the just the beat? Like it's always got like a, I don't know. I feel like R and B has like a specific beat type. Like it's got a strong uh, backbeat. I don't know what. Don't you know mean like something like on the production side or the vocal yeah, side? Yeah, on the production side. On the production side, typically. Well, well, it's kind of hard to say because R and B is such a broad genre. However, there is usually a, a good melody that that follows the lyrics in some form or fashion like the lyrics either follow the melody or some sort it is the instrumentation is equally part of the music uh, yes. of the song as as well as the lyrics yes that's kind of what i was getting at yeah was the fact that the beat does, like basically what you just said it plays such a pivotal role in the song along with the lyrics like you, you mm-hmm. really got to have both of those hand in hand mm-hmm. um although this isn't really like a textbook definition i'm saying right now i'm just kind of explaining what it is but to me, that's that's where I kind of landed on. That's what R and B is. All that that I just said it encompasses all of that. Is there anything I left out? Anything you want to expand on for that definition? No, no, no. I mean, like coming from uh, like from, from your experience and listening to the genre and hearing some songs for the first time, I think that's a pretty solid definition. Um, I can get into a quick summary of uh, R and B music. And again, um, this is just a simple overview. We're not gonna do a deep dive, deeper, deeper dive. This is kind of just a look overview. So. I can't stress this, can't stress that enough because R and B music has been around for like seventy something years and we can't cover all of that. Not not at this point. I just it's too much. So here's here's a quick summary. R and B R and B, which stands for rhythm and blues, is a fusion mm. of. Oh my god! <laughs> of course, it stands for. I didn't even think about what it stands for. Well, see now I kind of feel like an idiot thinking I'm over here a genius for making the blues connection when it's in the name. I thought you knew that when you said it. <laughs> no. Wow. Wow. That was a light bulb moment. But yes, that's, that's one of those stand- things. Yeah, you do, <laughs> just again, man. Like I had this nebulous idea of what R and B is, and I never. I guess I never thought too much about what is R and B. Of course, it stands for something. 
Yes. How absolutely. did I not even? Okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's perfect. That's perfect. Oh. <laughs> hey, you're not alone. There's somebody out here listening to the podcast right now. Had that same moment. <laughs> yeah. Let us know if I'm not alone in that, please. I don't. I don't want to be the only dumb one. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, R&B stands for rhythm and blues, and is actually a fusion of several early Black American music art forms dating back to the early 1940s. Uh, R&B um, contains elements of soul, gospel, jazz, and of course, the blues, which when you said that, I was just like, okay, he, he all to it. Um, also, it must be noted that some some white rock music is a derivative of R&B music. Um, and I'm looking at you Elvis fans, because that's basically what he did. The fans that love Elvis... He literally stole black music and turned it into quote unquote pop music. But that's for another discussion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, just a little, uh, just some, uh, a little interesting fun fact that I found out, found out there while doing a little quick research on this. The term is actually coined by uh, a guy named Jerry Wexler in 1947 when he was uh, editing the charts for Billboard, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the trade journal uh, back in the day, which is now like a website. But yeah, it started as a trade journal back in the 1940s. Uh, mainly because the record companies that were issuing black popular music at the time found that the way they were categorizing the way they were categorizing their music was kind of demeaning. So around 1949 is when they when they came up with the term rhythm and blues to describe black music because okay. you know they had to keep everything separate for whatever reason. But like I said, R&B music started way back in the 1940s. So going way back from like to Sam Cooke and Etta James and Nina Simone and some of those other people. And all the way, it continues all the way through today with current artists like Beyonce, The Weeknd, Chris Brown, et cetera, et cetera. Um, shout out to SZA, Summer Walker, people who are out there who are actually still maintaining the R&B sound with a little bit of modern flair and so forth, as well as Lady Ray and uh, Erica Badu and Jill Scott. These, these artists who are, in my opinion, are trying to keep the legacy of traditional R&B music alive while maintaining a modern day aesthetic. Um, so again, another disclaimer: we're not covering seventy years worth of R and B music. <laughs> no. Um, so it's bad enough that I had to curate a small list of you know a hundred songs for Brandon to listen to. So, uh, <laughs> so but yeah. Um, ultimately, um, let's just start with so transparency. So this is how I did this for Brandon um, because I wanted him to understand like the different decades and the different eras. R&B music. I wanted to start in the 70s. Obviously, like I said, it went way, way back in the 40s. But to me, 70s was kind of like a good starting point uh, to kind of get a context of the evolution of R&B music. So, um, and I created a different playlist for each decade for him to listen to. And that way, he can kind of be like pinpoint the different sounds and understand the the, the evolution of the, of the music. So, what were your thoughts on the 70s and 80s playlists that I gave you? Well, first of all, just in general over the all of the playlists for like for each of the decades i'm I'm glad you did it this way because 100 percent it allowed me to pick up on that evolution like you were just talking about of Uh the genre through the decades and just how it's in you know uh been influenced by other genres that have, have themselves grown and evolved and changed over over generations uh of course i'll probably touch on that more as we go along for the 70s and 80s specifically mm-hmm um, definitely that sounds pretty different for modern R&B, like I was just Absolutely. saying. But I mean, without a doubt, it still has a lot of the same genes that like modern R&B and like, you know, not even just modern, but like all the way through since then, like 
the gene, like the the DNA of the genre, is still very much there. Uh-huh. Uh, just quick aside, my voice seems to be cutting out, so if I sound a little weird, just forgive me for that. No, it's okay. I mean, like you were doing all that singing in the past couple of weeks. I'm quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely attempting to. Um, f- for the '70s, I feel like maybe not all of the songs on the '70s playlist you sent, but a good majority, like maybe at least half of them were or, or are sampled in pretty popular like hip-hop songs mm-hmm. later on down the road absolutely like ready or not here i come by delphonics is first of all you got me like later i think i think it's a missy elliott song if i remember right in the that's 90s. correct that's correct yeah um, that easter egg <laughs> yeah so that one is the sample of this it's also the sample of moral of the story by watsky Okay. Which was the first, whenever I was first listening to it, since, you know, I was starting in the 70s, I hadn't gotten to that Missy Elliott song yet. That was my first thing. I was like, oh, this is moral of the story. And mm-hmm. the moral of the story. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, also, j- jumping on that, too. Um, so, I heard that song, the Delphonic song. So, I heard the Missy Elliott song first. I didn't. I thought that was an original production. And then, I come to find out that it was a sample of the Delphonic song. I went back and listened to the Delphonic song. I was like, okay, clearly that's where they got that from. Then, I listened to it you know, when I was a student for the first time again. That's also where the Fugees got their Ready or Not song, which is a hip-hop song, where she goes, Ready or Not, here I come, yep. you can't hide. Yep. And I was like, damn, they, like, th- that song is like prevalent. And most people don't even know that the Delphonics song I, I existed. Most of these that were like samples, I was not like, also in the 70s, Between the Sheets by the Eiley Brothers is Big Papa by Notorious B.I.G. Uh-huh. I, I never knew that that was a sample. I just thought that was one of Biggie Smalls's great you know beats tracks yeah. that he's got like speaking of that um, song as well that's one of your uh one of your favorite songs that uh introduced you to ignorant shit by jay-z mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Use that same Use yep. that same also true yep 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 mm-hmm. um a question for you though wild wild flower by the mm-hmm. new birth yeah is that one also a sample? Because that one sounded so familiar, but like the, I think the singing on it kind of threw me off and made me like second guess, and I couldn't quite place if I'd heard that in another song. Maybe I just heard that. What you didn't? So so that that Easter egg you didn't catch? I, I mean, I caught that. I was pretty confident that it was. Like I even made a note. Like I think this is a, a sample of something. I just couldn't think of what 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 songs it's in. Make it unpredictable. Jamie Foxx, unpredictable, the ludicrous. Oh, see, I didn't catch that one. Yep, that's it. So, oddly enough, like, I came across New Birth. Uh, I mean, obviously, the song is old as hell. But, like, I somebody was playing a song, and I was like, oh, I love this song. And then shortly after I fell in love with the song, the original song, uh, Jamie Foxx came out with Unpredictable, and I caught it instantly. I was like, they sampled that song. And I love the New Birth. If anybody's an old-school R&B hit, go back and listen to the New Birth, like, it was really it's, good. I mean, I, I've not listened to more of them. I at least, yeah, not intentionally listened to more of them. Like, yeah, you know. But <laughs> this song in particular was possibly my favorite out of the seventies. Of I course, you it. also have "Best of My Love" by The Emotions. Like, that's cl- yeah. how do you not listen to The Emotions and just feel good and, and like love their song? Like, they're, they're all of those songs. Most of their songs are like classics for a reason. Absolutely love The Emotions. Like those girls, man. Yeah. No, I, I do want to say the, the song you open with and the beat goes on by The Whispers. The beat uh, does indeed go on and on and on and on. <laughs> it's a good song, don't get me wrong, but man, does it have to be eight minutes long? <laughs> man, 
you ain't never lied. That's the one thing about the old school songs, man. Like you put you press play, you like, okay, this song will ever cut off. Like you you on the dance floor, <laughs> yeah. yo, yo, your legs cramping. <laughs> you like, I'm Jeez, breaking please. a sweat. Like, I need a break. Can we can you turn the song off? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so and then like I don't know, especially okay, so going going from the seventies into the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. Starting in the eighties is where and I think this is because pop music had really started to blow up and become like a big mega genre in the eighties. But you really start to hear a lot of the more pop influences. I felt like at least yeah. for the songs you chose for the playlists. Absolutely. Um, so, so like, so the seventies to me, at like the seventies defines a transition from disco into. There's R&B. definitely like the synthy. A lot of these songs have like the synthy disco bop mm-hmm. to it with mm-hmm. like like i said the the dna like the bare bone genes of like what would become r&b exactly or, or what would become what we know today as r&b i should say exactly um, and so, then in, in the 80s you have like michael jackson who's like possibly the biggest pop star of like all time making r&b hits or r&b, R&B king of pop or whatever like it, it definitely in the 80s, a lot of the songs from the 80s, even even the ones outside of this playlist, I just, you know, the, the few R&B qu- quotes on R&B songs I, I would know um, could definitely be, you know, if, you, if you're just a casual listener and don't, like, know too well the difference in genres, you could put it in R&B or pop, and, like, it could fall in either one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for the, the, there's definitely a lot more of, like, sappy i felt like uh love songs in the the 80s um yeah Yeah. which definitely you know love songs and like just songs about romance whether it's trials and tribulations of of a romantic partnership or you know cheating to i want to have sex with you later tonight like everything in between that right is all Mm -hmm. kind of encompassed in in Mm r&b but in the 80s in particular it definitely in my opinion a lot of those like more love songs were definitely more kind of sappy uh, I don't know. I guess I feel like that was kind of the pop influence. Yeah, yeah. You know, songs like "Shower Me with Your Love," "Love Need," and "Want You," and, and "Heartbeat" kind of near the beginning of the playlist. Like mm-hmm. all of those were just like, okay. I mean, these are nice love songs, but they're they're just like I don't know, kind of over the top, gushy, sappy. I don't know what else another word to describe. No, that's the, that's one hundred percent. And um, <laughs> "Shower Me with, with Your Love" uh, on a personal note. So apparently, when I was like, what? four or three or four years old when that song would come on i would sing it like ad nauseum <laughs> so my, my family still makes fun of me every time that song comes out because <laughs> i used to sing that song <laughs> again they're not bad songs just like as you, you listen to the lyrics of them it's like man oh yeah this Sappy. Is like, it's it's like okay okay dude it's like, like over the top romantic like yes just, yes yeah yeah, but that was that that era where everything was like always had a little foggy tint to it, and mm-hmm. and had like you know that that whole aesthetic during the eighties or whatever. But also the eighties was also to me so seventies was a transition from disco into R and B, and or more soulful. And then to me the eighties was the transition from soulful into more electronic sounds into the music. Cause like you have songs like "Computer Love" and oh yeah, you know, "Computer and, Love" was was definitely the biggest one of that. The biggest example, of what you're saying for sure. Yeah, that absolutely. one just on that whole '80s playlist. That one was I felt like like sonically the most different, synthesized, unique, synthesized. Yeah, definitely the most synthesized. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so a little fun fact on this playlist that, that I included on here for you: um, Orange Juice Jones, The Rain, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, I saw you and him walking in the rain. That song. Yeah. Um, he was the first R&B artist signed to Def Jam. And Def Jam Records was the uh, premier uh, hip-hop record label uh, founded oh, okay. by Russell Simmons. So he was like the first R&B artist signed uh, to that record label. Uh, so I thought, I thought that was kind of interesting to see the evolution of this is where R&B and Def Jam. Which yeah, is the, the that is label. interesting. Um, <laughs> on that same song, another note about that same song. This is uh, the one I was asking you about before. This, There's no way this guy, I've not, I don't think I've heard any other Orange Juice Jones songs. So I don't, like, do most of his songs going to take on this style of sound? Uh, similar to in this? Or is this kind of like a... Honestly, I wouldn't even know without knowing. So to me, this is the example of that one song by that one artist. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Well, this song in particular, then not maybe not the rest of his discography, but this song in particular, there's no doubt in my there's like a thousand percent chance that this song was a heavy influence on Tudor Cinema Club. Okay. Cause like I legit whenever I was first listening through it, I think this song came up whenever I was like driving to her from work and I had to like like unlock my phone to double check who the artist was because I was like, this sounds exactly like Two Door Cinema Club. Like several of their songs from their album Game Show sound just like so eerily similar to this. It's just uncanny. Huh. Um, which I just thought was neat to like hear a song from like four decades prior, three decades prior. That's just like so obviously an influence of a band I really like. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like the same genre because they're an indie rock band, and this mm-hmm. is like an R and B song. But just yeah, the influence with, the influence uh, is the, deep, man. The influence is deep from, from the voice to the, even the like the the sound the song like the sounds of the song itself. Like I don't know, it's just it was very cool to see. Just wanted to bring that up. I don't, I don't know. I, I I know I texted you before. You're not super familiar with Tudor Cinema Club, but if anyone listening is, hopefully you will listen to that song and back me up on that. Sweet. Okay. So now, to me, the '90s is when. Oh, wait, I got. I got just one more note oh, for this specific '80s track. How deep is your love? By Keith Sweat. Yes. Good song. I understand Keith Sweat is like, you know, he's one of the bigger names in the like older R&B game. I feel like because like I don't really know much of his songs, but I definitely 100% know the name Keith Sweat. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Maybe it's just this song, but I was not the biggest fan. He's like very nasally on this song. Is that just me? No. Keith Sweat is known for his crying on records. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. It was kind of whiny. Yeah, He's kind of crying a Keith. little bit. Yeah. Okay. I needed to ask if that was just my own interpretation or if that's a common no. thing. But okay. No, no, no. Just, that's his, his style is whiny. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whiny, sappy a little bit. I mean, so I, I chose that song because I – me personally, I love that beat. Personally, so that that beat. The goes beat hard. is good. I mean, yeah. I was I, I definitely like it. Wasn't a song I like skipped. Just as I was yeah. listening to it, every time I'd be like, and it wasn't. It's really just certain. There's certain parts, mm-hmm. like there's certain words he hits. I was like, you're like in the line with like yeah or something. It's like yeah, mm. that's a terrible. But you know, it's just like yeah. I just yeah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he he's very whiny. Like he got he has got yeah. a song called Nobody. And if you listen to that song, you you will definitely hear the whining. <laughs> hey, can lie, you like me, nobody. Like that's how the whole song goes. It's like, okay, Keith, we get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 
Okay, <laughs> on to the 90s, which, like, where, where do you even want to begin with this? Okay, so, to me, like I said, uh, 70s was disco into soul, and then 80s was kind of like soul into synthesizing and kind of transitioning into that. 90s is when R&B fell in love with hip-hop. Yes. That's and, exactly what I have written down in my <laughs> notes, actually. Mm-hmm, well, I and, feel like the reason that happened, though, based on my kind of recent, thanks to you, more uh, my, my gained knowledge for like older hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like hip hop itself mm-hmm. had, especially, you know, through the 80s, but like once the 90s hit, it like really had evolved in a, in a lot of different ways to get to be like a, a specific sound of like 90s era hip-hop is like very specific right in my head yeah and i think that specificity i probably Ooh, didn't say that right look um, at you big word okay okay big word alert um but i feel like that like just the how that genre of hip-hop evolved into like the sound that it evolved into just meshed so well with R&B. And I think uh-huh. the way you, you you put it really, really well, actually, they fell in love. Like this, the genre is really just like, it was a marriage of like two perfect sounds of like, that just go so well together. Absolutely. And this is the time that um, genres were uh, siloed against one another. So it was like, either you were hip hop, either you were R&B, either you were disco, you were this, you were that. But then in the nineties is when, things started crossing over a little bit, slightly a little bit. So there was like a little bit of, um, there, there were a little tears in the garden wall, if you would. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or the walled garden is what I meant to say. So, and I put this, this in specific order uh, because you can hear the early hip hop influence, like the, you know, that kind of rap flow mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you can see towards the end, how the hip last hip hop evolved, R&B evolved with it. Um, so, uh, it's, this playlist is so beautiful. I'll let you cherry pick wherever you want to go, where you want to go. We can talk about it. What songs, what songs did you, you know what? Let's, let's go negative first. Cause I want to have a good time afterwards. What songs you didn't like on this playlist? <laughs> or what songs didn't resonate with you? Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me pull it up. Let me get my eyes on it here. Get your eyeballs on it. Um. Okay. Surprisingly, you may not appreciate this, but literally the very first song you put on the playlist Poison by Belbiv DeVoe. What? You didn't like Poison? I didn't hate it. Don't get me wrong. There's not a single song for the 90s, at least, that I like outright. It was just like, this song sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't really vibe with that one. Okay. I would say. Um, dude, that's honestly a hard question, man. I mean, there's, I don't want to put this. There's some songs that like, this is really hard because like I, I did like, the majority of them like you did you went above and beyond like picking the songs for this one there's just some songs i guess i like didn't really connect with or were maybe still like uh, kind of like the the 80s there's some songs that were still a little sappy at times and like 100 some of the songs that were like a little more poppy mm-hmm. um like i understand he's the king of pop and all but i've never been a huge michael jackson fan so like you know remember the time by him was like one that I was like, okay, you know, like I always like I appreciate him like skill wise. I know he's like crazy talented and there's a reason he's like, you know, been elevated as he has. But just mm-hmm. for me, again, my own personal bias against pop, the more poppy songs kind of 
Okay. Yeah, went under a little bit. You know, didn't didn't quite make it to the top of my list. Okay. Okay. I'll take that dagger out of my back in just a moment. Um. So, do you want to just go go down in order, and we kind of can just just talk, just chat about each one real quick? You want to talk about each song? Well, not I mean each or <laughs> or each cluster. I know we're going through like a hundred songs. Don't worry. Um, well, <laughs> Don't worry well, me, well, let me just kind of let me just kind of <laughs> jump around here and talk about some random okay. ones, I guess. Right. So, like one thing I did like is like lyrics wise, you know, in addition to like we were saying sonically, it, it really tied it all together. I feel like one thing in particular this era, especially near or this, this decade. of r&b does especially near like the the last few years of the 90s mm-hmm. um is again kind of like we we're saying is they're tying in uh, like they uh, the influences from different genres are like so obvious and like makes them just really great music that like you had not had, hadn't been made before that right yeah uh, but in addition to that you also get like lyrically a big step up in a lot of these songs i felt like or like the topics of the song. So like songs like Forever My Lady by mm-hmm. correct me if I'm saying this wrong, Joe Desi. Joe Desi. Oh, oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Uh yeah. So that that's pronounced Jodeci. Jodeci. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I apologize, yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my friend didn't know any better. I apologize. I, don't, I didn't. don't hurt him. I didn't. Don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. Um but you know, that's like that's a beautiful song about like having a baby and like having a new family and like how precious like mm-hmm. that is to him mm-hmm. right and it just yeah. like hits like I, I, I mean again compared to like the songs you had chosen for like the 70s and 80s playlist mm-hmm. even especially compared to like the love songs of like the 80s like this one just hits like so much harder right yeah. it's got so much more like emotional weight to it yeah. um in general love songs move away from being sappy and the singing tends to have like a lot more emotion um like if i ever fall in love again by shy i felt like was like mm-hmm. It's a really beautiful song, man. Like if I ever fall in love again, it's gonna be someone like you. Like I want it to be someone who I'm like actually friends with and get along with. Blah blah. blah. Like it's just like good sentiments, like sung well, mm-hmm. and not like overly dramatic, sappy, like over the top. Yeah, topic I agree. Subject matter. Okay, so of course you had to put the song "Pony" on here. Of course, right? That that song's a classic. But I have to say, man, and I thought this. I have this thought like every time this song comes on. The yes. In the background, yeah, yeah, yeah. That to me sounds like someone burp talking the word yeah every time. Oh, oh, are you talking about that? Yeah, 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 yeah the frogs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Still, a, of course, like I said, great classic song, but that always mm-hmm. just takes me out a little bit and just makes me chuckle whenever I like hear that, especially like right at the beginning before the singing comes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do want to say it's interesting, just like in addition to having hip hop artists on like verses, you also have like Timbaland and Diddy, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, mm-hmm. Diddy, Puff, whatever his name is, was at the time, now, whatever. It's changed like 18 <laughs> times. Uh, I mean, you get like, you know, big like hip hop producers also coming in and making some of these, which I felt mm-hmm. like just again continues to like bridge that gap between yep. the two. Um, and in fact, if you took out or like if, if these songs didn't have like the like melodic singing and like powerful belting notes that some of them have, you could easily just like slap hip hop R&B or hip hop rap label on it. And like it would be it would pass. Right. Exactly. Um, so another song that really stood out to me was Take Everything by Gerald Levert. This yep. was the song. Or it was like a light bulb moment. It just all connected for me. I was like, oh, 
so much R&B music is blues. Yeah. Like this is like the most, possibly the most bluesy song you have out of all the playlists, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about this was since, you know, we went 80s, 90s, or 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way up to 2020s, like this one is also near kind of near the bottom half, if I remember right, of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think. Yep. Yeah. That was like around 97, 98 when that song came yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever I was going back and re listening through the 70s and 80s and the prior <clears throat> 90s songs, it was kind of cool because I was lo- then looking at it through that lens. I didn't really look at it through the lens of blues until that song made that connection happen for me. And then mm-hmm. I kind of picked up more so on a lot of the other songs. It's like, oh no, man, this is this is bluesy. Even if like just bits and pieces of it here and there, or you know, this song totally, I could see where the influences come in. And that was just like really interesting for me personally as a, I guess blues fan. Blues is such a weird thing. It's it's nice to hear blues in like other genres, though, I feel like. Yeah, and on that particular remix in general, uh, when I saw the video for it, which I was trying to find a good quality video for it, but I had a hard time finding it. Um, the original song, it, it plays pretty much like very similar, but like the remix in particular, they it took it blew my mind entirely when they switched at the end of the song and went to like an opera style, mm-hmm. like, like I believe Phantom of the Opera. Uh, kind of thing, and then Jella Vert like end up like going like completely off at the end of the song, and like and I hit that note. I was just like, I just, I was just like, just slow clap. Like I was like, this is phenomenal because like in the music video, they pretty much are acting out the lyrics verbatim, pretty much. And really? then at, yeah, so like you know like so it's like she she picks up the phone and was like singing through the phone to him, and it's like a split screen, so you see like his point of view and her point of view of the whole thing. And then towards the end, like a lightning strike and it turns into like a fan of the opera where they have like the half face thing and they go into like a whole symphonic, like it was like, it literally turns into an opera at the end of the song. And the video, like this is back in the day when BET played music videos, like for like 18 hours a day. And like, I would just sit there just like on my days off or if I set my uh, <clears throat> old man alert VCR on record and like try to catch some music videos that I wanted to see. Um, it just, they don't make stuff like that no more, man. They really don't. That yeah. does sound really awesome. Like, yeah, it's great. You know, above and beyond, like for the the visual yeah, side the of visual. stuff like that, and like yeah. even just the remix itself is like opera remix. Like mm-hmm. you don't see that every day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it was dope. I, I enjoyed it. Um, okay, well, some of the other songs I like. I mean, there's a lot of uh, like No Scrubs by TLC. Um, just just Ugh. a lot of like more. Uh, like women, like point of view. Like, I don't, I don't want to say this. No, no. no like are. women artists are like really given a voice to like express their point of view and like their experiences in a way that I feel like hadn't really been done before. Because mm-hmm. like where I was thinking about this a little bit like yesterday and earlier today. I feel like with the pop influence, right? Like a lot of like female pop singers, they can, you kind of get that too in pop music but pop music in general is like a lot more censored i guess if that makes sense it's it's a lot more like clean like to the masses whereas r&b can get a little bit more like dirty with it a little bit more like real raw vulnerable i guess right yeah that makes sense more on that later but yeah okay um (laughs) well i definitely i felt like i started to like really pick up on that in several songs in the 90s um from you know stuff like i just said like no scrubs is like more of like a sassy like 
Yeah. I'm not, I'm going to, I know it's like overplayed to death and everything now, but yeah. I mean, you put it on here for a reason. Cause like, I did. I it, did. It very much like kind of in this, in a lot of ways encapsulates like a lot of the stuff, a, yeah. a lot of genre of RB from this time. Um, you know, like bills, 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 destiny shot right after that, you know, uh, kind of the same, same vein, I guess. So I put those, I put the last, almost the last, what the last part of the playlist. So no scrubs, bills, bills, bills. There you go by Pink and makes me ill by NSYNC. That's a, there's an Easter egg with that. Did you catch it or not? No. Do they all share the sample or something that I missed? Not quite sample, but they're all produced by the same producer. So because if you yeah. notice, like they all have, that. yeah, they all had that 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 same did it ding did it ding did it like that whole that little guitar sound. They all use that, and they all they all had that same little. Like little bubble noise or whatever. Okay, now that you say it, yeah, yeah. When you listen to those back to back, I was wondering if he's gonna catch that or not. Also, I wanted to um, highlight that when Pink, the rock singer Pink, when she first came out, she was R&B. So that's the same Pink. Which which did surprise me actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, having In Sync and Backstreet Boys at the very end because I know they like they came out what like ninety seven ninety eight. Well, around yeah. there, like as like as a band themselves, like they came out like late nineties, right? Uh, I would say mid nineties, and the reason okay. why I put the reason why I put it, put them on there in particular was I wanted you to catch the influence that R and B had on pop music. Because to me, when it comes to pop music, pop music isn't a genre; it's just a category of popular music. When 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 you try to describe pop music, it's literally based on when, because what's popular now isn't popular then. So there is no genre for pop for pop music. So. I wanted you to hear the influence that R&B had on pop music around this time because they literally kind of ripped off some of the R&B sounds and then add that little, that same little dead, 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 like that little stab thing sound or whatever mm-hmm. that they put in all the pop songs of like Britney Spears and all of them. It's basically just like you were saying earlier, which uh, I was like holding my tongue because I want to jump into it right then. Um, they, they basically took R&B music, cleaned it up for the masses, quote unquote, and then reissued it as pop music. Whereas the R&B artists who were doing similar sounds were again pushed down because again, everything was siloed at this time. So you had urban radio and then you had pop radio mm-hmm. and a lot of people couldn't cross over. Um, I actually saw, saw a recent clip not too long ago. I wasn't gonna put Whitney Houston on here on this playlist, but- I was Whitney, gonna ask you about that actually. Yeah. Why, why is like possibly the queen of R&B not on here? Well- I don't know if that's I, actually her title or not, but- Well, I mean, so, so with Whitney, like- like, there's different eras of Whitney. So Whitney was a pop princess when she first came out, and mm-hmm. then she kind of came out with an R and B. And then I couldn't, I really, I couldn't find the right song I wanted to use because it was like I wanted, I will always love you, but I was like that might be too sappy. And then there's some later Whitney stuff that was kind of okay, but not really like popular. So I was like, okay, again, that's part of the disclaimers. There's a lot of people that I want to put on this list, but I was like, I, I can't put everybody on here. Um, that's fair. But, but, um, but ultimately, like, uh, the reason I brought her up just now was I, I was online and I saw a recent clip where Whitney kind of was, <laughs> she was talking her shit, as she always does, uh, or did, excuse me. Um, so she was on MTV News talking shit about how MTV dissed her. Because when, uh, like, she had a song that was out and it was to R&B for MTV. So they wouldn't play it, but then her song became so popular that they had to play it because when she tried to put it on MTV, they rejected it. But then once it became popular, then it got onto MTV. So that's why I have a disdain for pop music to a certain degree, 
like how they used to treat R&B music and such, because again, it was always urban radio or or basically black radio versus other radio. Um, So it was kind of hard for people to transition. I would say in the later 90s is when R&B started to transition into pop. And that's where I think the the 2000s R&B to me is when R&B goes pop. Because it's like they kind of cleaned it up a little bit and a lot of the songs kind of became way more generic. I I would agree with that. It definitely had pop influences before that. It did. It was more... It became mainstream. Well, yeah, it was. It was more like before. It was like definitely still like R and B with noticeable pop influences. Whereas what you're talking about, and, and I completely agree with you, is like more of a fusion almost mm-hmm. between with R and B and pop instead of just like some influences and some some similar sounds being used or whatnot, right? Yeah, because like I mean, because like if you think like like if you go back and listen to like Christina Aguilera's uh, "Genie in a Bottle," that's an R and B song. So if you take Christina Aguilera off of that and put like I don't know, a Laura Hill or Janet Jackson or something on top of that. That's an R&B song. But because it's Christina Aguilera, it's a pop song. Which you you blew my mind for the second time today whenever you're like, pop music is just popular music. And I'm like, of course it is. Duh. <laughs> so that's R&B and pop music are, are two things you've blown my mind with today. just want to, for the record... <laughs> Well, so much. Of course, pop music is just whatever's popular at the time. Exactly. So, so uh, just a a couple of little Easter eggs that that in the '90s list that I wanted to highlight real quick. um, That and that they're going to be watching the 2000s. Jodeci, Jodeci, basically helped start the career of Missy Elliott and Timberland. Missy signed for Jodeci, and they got signed through Jodeci's group, and then Missy and Timberland got together, and then because Missy and Timberland got together. That that's where Genuine, Aaliyah, and all of them came from through that connection. Uh, Escape, uh, who can I run to? They were based here in Atlanta, and oh. uh, and uh, Ti's wife is one of the members from that group. Really? Yeah. So if you ever hear Ti and Tiny, Tiny is a member from Escape. Oh. Yep. I've heard of the group Escape before, but I've never really like listened to them. Listen to them. Yeah, yeah, they're great. They're they're fantastic. What about, can you, I don't know anything about the group Blackstreet, but I have known the song No Diggity and I've loved the song No Diggity for a long time. I don't even know where, when or where I first heard that song, but that's like, oh, that's a classic. I feel like that was definitely that's one of my, one of my more favorites from mm-hmm. not just this era or this decade, but from like all of them. Absolutely. Okay. I get into that. So Blackstreet, uh, one of the founding members of Blackstreet is Teddy Riley. Now, I will say, Backstreet, Blackstreet. Hmm. Think about that. So anyway, uh, so if you go back to that Keith Sweat song we talked about, How Deep Is Your Love? Mm-hmm. Teddy Riley produced that song. Oh. And Teddy Riley uh, produced Remember the Time for Michael Jackson. So Teddy Riley actually produced a lot of R&B music back in that time. And uh, Michael Jackson's album, Dangerous, was majority produced by Teddy Riley. Okay, um, okay. Um, Teddy Riley it's a long story with that but Teddy Riley actually had beef with Shook Knight and there's a reason why Dr. Dre is on his song who didn't have beef with Shook Knight I'm surprised you and me don't have beef with Shook Knight at this point right (laughs) listen to this podcast he might (laughs) but uh, but but yeah Um, yeah so there's a connection with that as well Um, yeah Teddy Riley also Teddy Riley his music was based in Virginia so that whole his whole sound Basically, helped put Virginia on the map, and other people from Virginia, Timberland, Missy, uh, Pharrell Williams, Teddy Riley, all of them kind of knew each other in that in that community, 
and their sound is still prevalent to this day. So, okay. so that's that's pretty dope. There, um, another uh, Easter egg uh, when we we're talking about people crossing over Mariah Carey of Fantasy, that was that was a big deal at the time because Mariah Carey again, squeaky clean pop artist, you know, right. of love, linking up with a dude from the Wu Tang Clan, right, like, right. So, so that was like a whole big thing. Um, the, the Easter egg I have with that is Return of the Mac and Fantasy uses the same sample. If you listen to it back to back, you hear the same sample that they use. Okay. And of course, Fantasy has been sampled again. Mariah Carey's version has been sampled by uh, Lotto, the rapper. Uh, big, big energy. That's a sample of, of mm. Fantasy by Mariah Carey, and then Mariah Carey's on a remix of that. So that makes me think now. I was like, okay, a sample of a sample of a sample of a sample is like it just keeps going like layers and layers and layers. Um, let me Which see. I'll admit, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a. I don't know if I'm, I would say I'm like a huge Mariah Carey fan. Like I don't really know a lot of her songs, but I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of her voice. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously she's still relevant today because she's a great singer. So like, it's no surprise, but especially well, like nineties era Mariah Carey, just beautiful singer. So I think that was, I think her beautiful singing voice might've distracted me from the, <laughs> the beat a little bit. 100%. I mean, when she does sing. Yeah. Which she doesn't fire. sing a lot on that song <laughs> to be fair, but um, yeah, so it's more ODB coming uh, in, but yeah. Uh, let me see. So, of course, one in a million ponies, soccer to me. All those were produced by my boy Timberland. Yes, there's some Timberland bias. If you listen to the first episode of the podcast, you know I'm a big Timberland fan, so it's gonna happen. Oh, okay. So, uh, in my bed, in the in my bed, so so deaf remix, yes, or, or mix, those yes. are so. I didn't even realize until I think like the third time listening through this and actually paying attention to what like the songs were like more closely that mm-hmm. that's that it was like a remix of the song. Like they're so drastically different. Thank you. That was the point I wanted to, to bring up. The 90s R&B time period is when the remix was crucial. Like you had that you have the original slow version that was a bop and then you would have the remix featuring a rapper or somebody else and basically put that sappy love song in the club. So you had the club version and you had the romantic version. And they were milking both of them like that. And hopefully you notice that Drew Hill is the group that Cisco came from. Thong Song. Did you recognize that? No. Oh my God. I know Thong Song now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's the group Cisco. Cisco was the lead singer of Drew Hill before he went solo. So I mean that you now that you say that, I've not even thought about Thong Song and I don't know how long. Right. But that, <laughs> kind of rhyme there um, <laughs> um, no, now, now that you say out. that i definitely hear it in my head like mm-hmm. yeah makes yeah. sense yes so yeah so that's why i wanted to put those back to back because honestly i'm so used to the so-so deaf mix that or remix so-so deaf version with the brad and jermaine dupree which you know a town representative um uh, that like i forgot that there was a slow version of the song and now i was just like oh and now to the slow version i was like damn i forgot how good the slow version was and the slow uh, version is very good like mm-hmm. it's a it's a good infidelity song, yeah. 100%. and then you know the remix definitely still has those elements, but it's just like a totally different vibe. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, did you catch the other Easter egg I left in there for you, Jada Jackson? Anytime, any place. Anytime, any place. Yeah, that one definitely is. That one's been sampled a few times. I'm pretty sure, and like some like I mean I'm sure maybe more than a few times probably, but and a few a few songs that like I know of. Okay, well, I know one in particular that I, I was hoping you was gonna catch that right off the bat. Uh, uh, poetic justice. Yes, Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely got, <laughs> that was another one where, for some reason, I have never really listened to any Janet Jackson before. So whenever that song came on, I was like, hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> what song is this? This isn't. This isn't Kendrick Lamar. What's happening? <laughs> like you just know where no Kendrick's verse to come on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that is another person who is aging like a fine wine. Janet Jackson. Oh my God, she looks so good. She's um, yeah. I was actually my uh, a guy I work with is like a huge uh, Janet Jackson fan, and he actually had a chance several several years back. But he had a chance to like be in an elevator with her. And oh, she wow. like actually like stopped and talked to him for a second. And he was like, just so like starstruck and gushing. He was like telling me the story. Um, oh, jeez! whenever he was telling me about it, I was, I was just thinking like, Oh man, I'm not, and this was like right before we decided on this topic. And like, Oh, I had all these playlists. And of course this, this song we're talking about or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I looked her up. I was like, how old is she now? Like, what is she looking like? And you are right. She's like aging. Like a fine wine is a great way to put it. Stunning. 100%. Stunning. Beautifully stunning. Um, but yeah, you know, and the other honorable mention is Lauren Hill, Erica Badu, like next oh, of lifetime. Course. Like, like those are names that are like still brought up and like people know about them, like they're still relevant today. And I feel like yes. honestly for a lot of these, pretty much all of the names you pick for the playlist are mm-hmm. people that are still relevant in music today in some way, for the most yeah. part. A lot um, of them are. So Which is just which was kind of crazy to me. Just that the like more so, way more so than like the seventies and eighties. This was really where like stars were made. I feel like one, in the R and B. One hundred percent. The two thousands to me. Uh, let me say that without me moving my paperwork. Okay, so transitioning to the two thousands. To me, that's when R and B goes pop, and to me, that's when true R and B, the traditional R and B, not traditional, but the traditional form of contemporary R and B from the nineties starts to fade away, in my opinion. Um, so on the nineties, on the two thousands playlist, uh, let's hit, hit a couple songs on there that, that, uh, stuck out to you. Oh, well, I mean, much like I just said about the nineties, this one also is just like hit after hit after hit after big name, after big name, after big name. I mean, you got Usher, Alicia Keys, Justin Timberlake, Rihanna, NSYNC, Britney Spears. Like, I mean, there's just so many like great songs on here man um Mm -hmm. uh yeah but usher was like one of the songs of my youth Mm -hmm. it's like one of the first like song the song was like a gateway for me into these this genre these sounds of these styles of songs or whatever however you want to however you want to say that Make Me Want to Sing by Tank I think that was one of the ones I didn't super vibe with for some reason oh the song is horrible, but okay. I wanted, but I wanted you to, uh, to <laughs> okay. I wanted you to, to catch the sample with it. I did not um, catch the sample, probably because you, I did not like the song, and I think it just really, really took me out of it. If I'm honest, I was, okay. I was questioning why you put that one on there a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, I put that sample on there because it samples uh, Minnie Rippinson's uh, "Loving You." It's oh, easy. <laughs> dude! I even made a note whenever I was going back and re-listening through it. I was like, "This Minnie Rippinson song sounds familiar." I meant yeah. to ask you that whenever we were doing the seventies, like, where does this song come from? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you did you did that a little bit where you like <laughs> plug the like you put the original song and then you plug the song sample later on. Mm-hmm. Cheeky. Yeah. Yes, I had to had had to plant some Easter eggs in there for you. Um, real quick, uh, since, since we um, I forgot to mention it, going back to the seventies, 
Um, are you familiar with SNL at all? Like the cast Saturday members? Night Live? Saturday Night Live, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you you know the cast member Maya Rudolph? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's made a reference starter. For real? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be yeah. honest. I mean, to be fair, I didn't really know who... Many like, represent was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really know who many represent was before this, but yeah. So, cool. so when you listen to that song "Love and You" is easy because it's beautiful. That song was dedicated to Maya when she was a baby, um, and because uh, many represent she passed early. Uh, she passed in Maya's early childhood from breast cancer. So, uh-huh. if you listen to the very end of the song, she she goes Maya, 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 Maya. That's the that song was See, dedicated. I, to Maya. I have no idea. Yeah, well, R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah, and there's another song that ugh, ooh, it breaks my heart. Um, there's a song called "I Don't Want to Go" that she sings, and it's basically a song that she knows she's dying, and she was like, "I don't want to go." Mm, uh, and so that's they made a song. Yeah, and that song in particular because that was like she was popular in the disco era, and that song was such a de- departure from disco that her her label didn't really want to put the song out, but that people found the song and they loved it because. It was such uh, a I'm sure it's so much emotion there. Exactly, exactly. They fell in love with that. But yeah, so going back to the tank version of the song, when I first heard that song, I was like, bro, ain't no way in hell your masculine ass voice needs to be singing this mini represent song. But I put this on this list so you can hear the sample to try to connect the dots. But I definitely had a moment, like I said, where I was whenever I was re-listening and I was I had looped back around to the 70s and I got mm-hmm. to the mini Ripperton song, mm-hmm. I was like, this is familiar. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't notice it the first time because I was just listening through it, but this is definitely familiar. Yep. But I guess I just, it had to just be because, yeah, the song. It's so much. It's a lot of listening. It's a lot of listening, which definitely was part of it. But also I just, the tank version was just like, bleh. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, The music soul child, Buddy, that's a sample of the heartbeat song from the 70s. Buddy. I like that one. B-U-D-D-Y. Like Mm -hmm. that song was a bop. Um, Is that, okay. Is that, it's not explicit is, is this song supposed to be like an innuendo esque at all or is this legitimately about like i want to be whoever i'm partnered with i want to be friends with is it is it I more mean, of an innocent sweet song than what i was kind of thinking i mean it's it's kind of a guy that's basically trying to let's let's be friends and see what happens okay kind of song okay well then that's, i'm gonna even if it's not actually that i'm gonna choose to believe that's what it is yes um because it's a much more <laughs> sweet and happy feeling that that gives me then (laughs) (laughs) then the nefarious version um so some of the other songs that i put on here um that i wanted wanted to call out was uh the girlfriends remix uh nsync and nelly and then i'm a slave for you britney spears produced by pharrell williams okay the neptunes for you yep and that was that was the song that it blew my mind that played on urban radio um, for for a moment, because like because it's produced by the Neptune, so I was like, okay, sure, let's try this out, and they try to play Britney Spears on black radio, and we was like, nah, we ain't feeling this, fam. So they eventually stopped, but but they did try because that's when Britney crossed over into hip hop, and Justin Timberlake went and grabbed Timberland and grabbed Pharrell Williams as well for his Justified album. Um, this is when, like I said, they started going pop. RB started going pop. Right. You definitely making like you said this this album or this this playlist. I mean, rather is filled with like quote unquote pop stars coming mm-hmm. in and like yeah like slave for you is easily like uh, yeah it deserves to be on this list and and to talked about mm-hmm. um just uh, as i was scrolling down the place to look at that song the song mm-hmm. right after it milkshake yeah as well achilles achilles 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, Khalees. My bad. I thought that was two L's. Um, <laughs> the note I made for this song was just milkshake dot 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 sigh slash facepalm. <laughs> yep. The song is like so overdone at this point. Was it Was it like actually like the people like actually vibe to this song when it came out? They did. They did. Uh, I mean, it, it just it, seems like such a it's probably because of Internet culture. And, you know, I don't know exactly when in the 2000s this song came out, but it's been a good 15, 20 years since it did. And it's been memed a little bit here and there and everywhere else. So maybe that's that's probably playing giving me some bias on it. But it's just hard mean, for me to listen to the song and not hear it as like a meme song. I My mean, milkshake brings other boys to the yard and they're like, yeah. it's better than yours. Exactly, exactly. The moment that song appeared on Family Guy, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually one of the many examples that was scrolling through my head was the Family Guy use of it. Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, some of the other songs I really liked on here, uh, Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River, which, again, if you didn't know, was uh, – I had to go back and look at the album because I wasn't sure if it was just Timbaland that helped him produce this. It was Timbaland and the Neptunes that helped him uh-huh. produce the album that Cry Me a River is from. Uh-huh. But that was the start of Justin Timberlake's and Timbaland's long career working together since Absolutely. this point in time. They've, they've collaborated so many different times. Not even just with each other. They've collaborated like through other artists here and there. I mean, it's just, I watched an interview a lot, or not too, too long ago, but several months back with just them two talking about how they mm-hmm. like got to know each other and, and how they just vibed like yep. immediately, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Stutter by Joe with the double take remix. The, this song was definitely one that like I remember listening to as a kid, or at least like hearing as a kid. And, it made me, I had like a whip, like a head snap, whip around moment when Mystical mm-hmm. comes in and he's just like, I'm not even going to attempt to. Quit your lie, have a watch. Yeah. Man, yeah. I'm going to attempt to impersonate him there. Um, <laughs> just because like, again, it's, I, I definitely remember that song like back mm-hmm. in the day and it's been so long since I heard it. Like I, I, as the song first came out, I was like, okay, yeah, I don't remember the song. Stutter, stutter. Blah, 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 blah. And then mm-hmm. it's just, like I said, he comes in at the end. I'm like, Oh man, mm-hmm. I forgot about the best part of the song. Right, and you know what? And that's when like hip hop, like your style was distinctive. There would never be another mystical. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't see that happening. He's mm-hmm. unique is definitely the word for him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, of course, you got like more. Like I do really like like the Fallen by Alicia Keys. The more like. You get just a beautiful female singer. Alicia Keys is just a phenomenal singer. She comes in and she's just like belting her heart out. Like, mm. I love that. Yeah. And that's one thing I kind of realized about myself listening through all this is, is those style of R&B songs. Just like, I'm like, oh, man, sing yeah. it to me, Alicia. Sing exactly. it to me. <laughs> yeah, she's singing specifically to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, controversial opinion. I don't think she's a great singer. Um, it may be like, I will say out of her whole discography, that may be like, probably about five to maybe 10 songs max that I actually like the rest of her stuff is just, is, is it don't hit for me. Like, and I want to love her cause like she's talented, but her music is just, well, to be fair, I've not listened to her a ton. This is, mm-hmm. I've probably only really listened to five to 10 of her songs and they yeah. might be the same five to 10 you're talking about. But yeah. this one in particular, yeah. I this is a classic. Dark. This was a classic. Yeah. Um, this was, That's her I, debut I mean, song when she first came out. Most of these, cause like the two thousands was whenever I like, 
that was the era where probably like most people, I uh, really started getting into music and like due to our old friends, you know, LimeWire and, and, you know, accompanying people programs, whatever we call them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So able to really yeah. like expand my listening, like, I was able to explain like how much like the styles of music I was listening to, right? I was able yeah, to absolutely. stuff I hadn't ever heard before came in. So many of these songs, and even outside of that, just so many of these songs were like radio hits mm-hmm. that I would hear played on the radio. Like several of these songs I remember playing at like the roller skate rink, right? Like places mm-hmm. like that that I would go to growing up as like a kid and young man. Like mm-hmm. these songs are just like so many of these songs like whenever i was listening to them it's just like immediately like strips me out of my head and throws me back into this time period and like specific places where i would hear these songs growing up yeah which is just and and that's the thing about the whole sampling thing so when people sample certain songs they automatically get that same feeling you just had and then they listen to the new version so like so when jb fox came out with the unpredictable it automatically brought me back to when the first time I heard New Birth. Mm-hmm. And then and then I listened to the Jamie Foss version. I was like, okay, okay, now I'm banned to the lyrics now. But just when you hear the sound, it automatically takes you back. That's why, like, when people kind of diss on, like, some people uh, hate on the sampling culture or whatever, I love that. Like, that's the that's part of the art I, form. I, I, like, 100%. It, like, <laughs> I definitely, I mean, it's, it's people, I'm sure, whenever people first started sampling, probably made the argument of it's, like, stealing other people's music. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I agree wholeheartedly with what you just said. It's yeah. the use of sampling and, like, keeping the heart of that sound while oftentimes making little tweaks and adjustments or adding a, a few little bitty, like, notes or whatever, you know, a few little sounds here and there to spice up the song and, and make it fit whatever your version is of if it is mm-hmm. it's like that's definitely part that's like it's 100 part of the art form of like making the music it's part of the composition um it's not at all just ripping off and like the way people have gotten creative from doing that is like mm-hmm. you it's so ignorant to say in my opinion like oh you're just stealing someone else's music and yeah yeah it's more to it than that um and then on, on the last part of the list i wanted wanted to showcase that there are still, you know, around this time, there were still singers who were um, making tradi- traditional contemporary R&B music, whatever, uh, like the he- like the Heather Headleys and the Vivian Greens and the Jill Scotts. And I did enjoy period. those because, like, I guess by the time I got through this playlist, I was kind of, like, again, a lot of these songs were throwbacks and I enjoyed the nostalgia of it. But these songs aren't necessarily, like, within my general listening experience most days today. Mm-hmm. Um but like just the the vocalization, I guess more so than anything of these last few songs, just like hit me in a way that like the other, not that I didn't like the songs on this playlist before, but mm-hmm. it just like you said, kind of brought it back around in a sense. And I was like, yes, I want some more of this. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I also, totally thank you for that. putting the remix of "In Love with a Stripper" yes on there for me because you, the original was even today is still just i mean it's not it's not still overplayed but it was so overplayed that for me the original is like when i hear it i'm just like oh <laughs> but yeah. the remix the remix with extra verses of people and all that good stuff definitely yeah. was it was spicy enough for me to like enjoy listening to it again and t-pain is phenomenal I mean, this was one of those songs i wouldn't have originally considered r&b but then like listening to it in the context of this playlist i'm like of course, of course. It is. yeah yeah <laughs> 100%. yeah yeah yeah, I mean, T-Pain, his first album was called, not first album, but one of his major albums was like Rapper Turnt Singer. 
So, I mean, so I had to put T-Pain on there because he was on everybody's hooks. Um, also, The Dream, um, he's the one that uh, produced Rihanna's Umbrella. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not sure how accurate this is, but from what I've heard, he literally made that song on an iPad. <laughs> and now that song is like <laughs> the one of Rihanna's top hits. Yeah, still <laughs> so, today. Yeah. Still, still to this day, you know, everybody, anytime it rains, everybody says Ella, Ella, eh, eh, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so uh, I definitely have to put the um, Emotional Roller Coaster by Vivian Green. Like that song, I remember hearing that song during that time period and it resonated with me. And that's the one thing about R&B music in general. Some of these things you may not have personally gone through, but you know somebody who has gone through it and you listening to the songs, if the lyrics are good enough and the emotion and the vocalization is good enough, it will make you feel things. Which the vast um, majority of the songs you picked fall mm-hmm. in that good enough category, in my opinion. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, so let's quickly talk about the 2010s, the 2010s, and the 2020s. So, um, where to begin on these? It definitely, again, it, it still has, I feel like, elements, at least for the songs that like you picked, it has elements of everything that came before it, but definitely is... A quality different. drop, right? Say what? I say it's definitely like a quality drop, right? <sighs> Kind of. I'm like I'm a little hesitant to put it that way. Um, I will put it this way. To me, all right. So the 2010s is when R&B goes trap and merges with hip hop. So they fell in love, and then the 2010s is when rap. I put it this way: the, the rap became R&B, and R&B became rap. Yeah, and, it, and the lines like you really can tell what who was doing what because. The lines oh, the definitely arm, blur a lot more. They they blur a lot more, and then the artists themselves were doing a lot more. So this is yeah. when like Chris Brown became a rapper, and then Lil Wayne became a singer. I mean, quote unquote singer, not to the extent of like the Mariah Carey singing styles or whatever, but they became more more melodic. And I mean, I don't know. I, I put it this way: some people even consider Ja Rule a singer. So <laughs> go figure that out. But I mean, I, I don't think I will. I mean, please don't. But I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. That jar roof fifty cent stuff. But I mean, but they, but they, they basically did that. They basically the rappers started being more melodic in their quote unquote raps or whatever. Yeah. And then the singers started rapping a lot bit, a lot more or whatever. See, several of these songs I was like already familiar with, just because mm-hmm. like obviously these are more recent. Like, yeah. These are songs I like remember definitely like playing on like the store whenever you or me would be at work back in the day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or just like out on the radio or, or whatever. I would still go to the clubs. I got to hear these, some of these songs on the clubs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, which also I spent a lot more time listening to the nineties and two thousands than I did the 2010 to 2020s, partly because I was already mostly familiar with a lot of these, mm-hmm. um, in a more like recent way than I was the older songs that I kind of wanted to get reacquainted with. But I mean, I will say some of my favorite songs of R&B are on here, like Redbone by Childish Gambino. I mean, or, you know I have to throw that on there for you. Of course, you have to throw that on for me. Um, <laughs> what was the other one? Uh, Drunken Love featuring mm-hmm. Jay-Z. That's a classic, right? Yeah. Beyonce killing it. Uh, yeah. You got The Hills by The Weeknd, one of his like biggest hits still. And mm-hmm. We Can't Stop by Miley Cyrus. It's just like, I'm going yeah. I'm not a huge Miley Cyrus fan, but that's one of the ones that, like, I don't know, brings yeah. me joy. It's yeah. happy. I agree. It's a good song. 
Yep, that, that was in that was in Miley's Let Me Go on the R and B and Hip Hop phase album. Yeah. And I actually like that album to be honest. I did too. Yeah, it's pretty legitimately did. Yeah. I like most of the songs on there. Yeah. And then um just and just for Sonic, a little Sonic throwback, like the finesse uh, song with Bruno Mars and Cardi B. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How that song came out in twenty ten, but it, it it's an homage to nineties R and B. Oh, one hundred percent. I I enjoyed that one just yes. for for that exact fact that it was like the throwback style or whatever. Exactly. It was, was really nice. Yep, yep. So and then jumping over to the twenty twenties, a lot of these songs, um again, to me the twenty twenties is when it's R and B is kinda sorta I would say this is like an R and B resurgence time period because there's a lot of artists out there now that this is when <laughs> R and B kind of just went way too far into hip hop and rap. Um, and I think there's some artists that are just like um, I would say rebelling against that sound and going back to the classic, almost seventies, eighties style of R and B music. Um, so this is to me nowadays more recent R and B. Number one has gotten way more vulgar. So back in the day, yeah, you had that songs was one, like that was one of my notes is it's a lot more. I feel like the, the hip hop influence of that has I feel like reared its head a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Because back in the day, in the 90s, you know, you were singing songs about, okay, in my bed, you know, someone sleeping in my bed, talking about infidelity. Now the song is like, get this bitch out of my house. Fuck you. Hope. Like, it's like, okay, yeah. you know, like, okay, you don't have to literally say that. I mean, you know, and again, not to denigrate all of today's R&B sound, but I mean, it's just, it's not the same. Like, just lyrically, sonically, I mean, it's just, the vocalization to me has gotten weaker. So to me, what they consider R&B isn't the same because the vocalization, I'll put it this way. It's not to say that auto tune and stuff didn't exist in the past. Cause you had the song computer love and they, they use a vocoder. So you can hear yeah. like the synthesized sound, but there was still traditional singing layered on top of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now they use the auto tune as a requirement for these artists now to where they don't even sign themselves. And like those nineties artists like Joe see escape or whoever, when they perform live, they sound like the damn song. Because yeah. that's what they sound like in the studio. Right. Because they needed those harmonies. Um, also, another thing I wanted to uh, point out that I forgot, and it was a very crucial point that I forgot and it slipped my mind, so please forgive me. If you notice, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and I would say it started to peter out in the early 2000s, the R&B group disappeared. I did not notice that, but now that you pointed out, yeah. All of these, yeah, starting at least in the context of your playlist, and I can't really think of anyone that's not like, you know, like One Direction. I don't, I don't really know their music to say if they have any R&B-ish style songs or not. But yeah, it's all like single artists with featured, mm-hmm. maybe another R&B artist or a hip hop, you know, rapper coming in or something. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I didn't really, I didn't make that connection, but now that you pointed out, that's totally true. Yeah. So, and because of that, to me, the harmonies aren't as rich as they were back then. Yeah. Because like, you know, like the silks and the shies or whatever, the harmony vocals. You don't get that full group of people, yeah, all harmonizing, which definitely is just like, it adds a whole other element sonically to a song when you have a whole group singing in harmony versus just mm-hmm. one person, especially combine that with what you were saying with the auto-tune and, and all yeah. that. Just Yeah, just, I, I see what you're saying. It weakens it like as a listening experience, not as 
all encompassing. It's not as, as enriching of a sound, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So that's why like when I, I hear some songs today, I'm just like, it's good, but something is missing. And like to me, I, I miss that void of the harmonization. And there are some artists that will do their own harmonies. Like um, I meant to put a Brandy song right here, but again, it was already, the list is already a hundred songs that I couldn't put around here. But to me, Brandy is an R&B singer from the nineties who still, you know, drops music recently. Uh, but she does a lot of her own background vocals herself. and But it fills up the whole song because she harmonizes with the music as well as with her own vocals. And it gives a full experience with her music. Um, there are some artists that, that can do that, but a lot of them don't uh, because the more they don't got the ability to because their vocal range isn't as powerful, um, yeah. in my opinion. So so that's where you, know, you kind of blur the lines because people like Future, is he a rapper or is he a singer? 80, I mean, 20. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, you definitely, you know, 80% rapper, 20% singer. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it, that, yeah, I get what you're saying for sure. I will say yeah. out of all of these songs, I, I didn't really connect with the vast majority for, for these the 2020s playlist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm familiar with some of these people like Normani and Gene Ico, and like I've heard them and other stuff and like I, I recognize their talent, but the yeah. actual songs, I was just like, Meh. The one song surprise I don't know it may not be surprising, but the one song I really did for some reason connect with I think it was a little weird for me, but the beat of Messy Love by Nao now. Nao. 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 Yeah. That one just had me like bopping along my head, just like, oh yeah, okay, I'm digging this one. More so than the rest on the list for the twenty twenties. hundred percent. So Nao, um, a friend of mine got tickets to see her and um we went to go see her live in Atlanta. Is she good? And I've never even heard of her until this. I, I didn't hear. I didn't, I didn't know anything about her until then either. And I went to go see her live, and the way she sounds on that record is exactly how she sounds in, per- in person. Okay. Like well, I'm glad my is, favorite was a good pick. Then. It was a solid pick. Like the last three songs I put on there for a specific reason because I wanted to. I did really like Joy and Pain by Lady Ray as well. That was the other one. I'm not a huge Bruno Mars fan, so I, I don't. I, I recognize I'm pretty mega biased. When it comes mm-hmm. to Bruno Mars, he's super talented. I've seen him live. He's also super talented live. Can sing his absolute heart out. But mm-hmm. I don't, anytime I hear Bruno Mars, I'm just like, oh, Bruno Mars, shut up. Yeah, I, I get it. I get <laughs> it. You're like, too beautiful. You dance too well. You sing too good. Shut up. Right? How dare you? How dare you? But, I hate, every, hate everything. I hate love everything about you. Yeah. Uh, so Lady Ray, um, that's the same singer from the 90s on the playlist, the 90s playlist. Mm-hmm. Make it hot. Nicole, that's her. Oh, so 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 she changed her whole sound up and decided to go back to old school traditional classic R and B. So that's all. Make it hot from the nineties. Nicole, uh, Lady Ray. That's the same person. Beautiful album. Love that album. It's it's phenomenal. She's got a she's got a phenomenal voice in my opinion. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that's where again, to me, that's where the like that's what real R and B music is to me. When I can feel what you're singing and have not related to anything that happened in that in, in the song that you're singing about, but I just feel you, like sonically, like lyrically, I feel it in my heart. Like even though I have not gone through that relationship issue or whatever, but I can feel your pain, I can feel your joy, I can feel your assassins, whatever, whatever you're singing about, and if I can feel it, same thing with Neo. That's that's what real music is supposed to be about, and to me, that's what R&B music is supposed to be, versus what some of these artists are now. Again. We respect everybody's opinion, no matter how wrong or terrible I may be, <laughs> but uh, it's just just not the same. So overall, 
how would you say your experience and your feeling going well, into R&B prior to doing this podcast episode versus now? So prior to doing this episode, like I said up top, um, I, I had this kind of nebulous, not really coherent idea of what I thought R&B was. And subconsciously, I would put a lot of songs in that like kind of on that shelf, you know, so to speak in my head. And here and there would enjoy them, you know, especially like I said, like growing up whenever I was younger and like the, the songs that were popular at the time, I would vibe to and everything. But I, I wouldn't have really considered myself an R&B fan mm-hmm. before this. Um, but like you were just talking about, man, listening through all these songs that you picked for the playlist, like, and again, just me being such a lyrically focused guy and just having most often for these songs you picked, at least this beautiful singing that has that emotional weight that comes in they're singing about you know stuff that like you said like everyone can relate to you're you're getting that gut punch or you know your heart wrung out or whatever it is from the from Mm -hmm. the music um it's expanded my understanding of what r&b is which has led me to declare today that I am an R&B fan and that, you know, R&B, like we said much earlier on, it's such a wide genre that obviously I'm not just, oh, the song's R&B, automatically love it. But when it's a really good R&B song and it does everything that the genre is known for really well, you got the great music side of things, you got the great singer, you got the fusion of these different genres coming in and making something unique and just like, I don't know, man. It just like enriches your soul. I feel like some of these R&B songs, dude, like just makes uh-huh. you, I don't know. It just, it leaves impacts on you. Like last for like several days sometimes. Right. And yeah. I'm, I'm here for it, man. That's like the power and beauty of music in general is like being able to move you and make you feel things maybe that you don't want to feel in that moment, but too bad. You're going to feel it anyways. <laughs> and I just hit you over that minute. And R&B definitely like captures that. And I am, very thankful that you decided to do this crash course crash course of r&b music for me so that i i can get to this point of like understanding more what what the genre is and and accepting of myself that i i am maybe not accepting is not probably not the right word but uh (laughs) just just understanding myself that like i do actually a lot of these songs that i maybe would have not classified as r&b or i didn't know to classify as r&b are r&b songs and i'm huge fans of them that's awesome. That's awesome, man. I'm happy for you. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> the invite. Happy to be here. <laughs> no worries. No worries. And uh, and if you are also a new R&B music fan or an existing fan, you can always reach out to us on our social media. Uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at AfterListenPod. And uh, our website is AfterListenPod.com. You can always go there for links to the playlist as well as previous episodes. Um. Don't forget to do all the things like follow, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Please, um, please you know, leave us a review, whatever. You know, we want to hear from you. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yes. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.